You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Hey, welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project Podcast. Mike here. We're just reading the Bible as a conversation so that we can find our next best yes in our relationship with God. It's not enough to just listen to the Bible. We got to do what it says, right? That's what James says. James chapter one, two, and three talks about the importance of taking action to do what the Bible says, not just listen to it. I do appreciate you spending time out of your week listening to the Bible, and uh, I, I hope this podcast is a helpful tool for you to be able to not just check it off your list, not just listen to a story and say, all right, well, that was my Bible reading for the day, um, but that we actually have opportunities to dig out and mine out some of the application, right? How do we How do we respond to God in the way that he would like us to respond based on what we read? It's living. It's active. Even things that we read about here in Exodus can apply to you in your life today if you ask God, hey, what do you want me to learn from this? What do you have for me here? What are you asking me to do or what are you calling me forward to do? And then it's just a matter of saying yes to what he is telling us. We don't have to say yes. He doesn't make us do anything. It's our, we have the freedom to, to choose, yes or no, but yeses are going to bring us closer to the heart of God and no's are going to, well, force us to have to figure things out on our own and that doesn't <laughs> turn out well, as we even see by the example of the people that we read about in the Bible. And we're going to see a lot of that more even today here in the book of Exodus. And before we read here in the book of Exodus, I just also want to say thank you for making time to engage with the Word of God in this way, that you found this podcast to be a helpful tool in knowing what the Bible says and knowing what God may want to teach you and, and speak to you through it. That's a privilege for me to be able to partner with you in your own growth. Man, that's that's so cool that, that God has allowed us to connect this way and that, that we're able to really take steps together to be able to be more like Jesus through the words that he's written. It's living, it's active, and we get to be a living, active part of that. That's so cool. I was looking at the statistics that the podcast program shares with me, some insights, and just thankful for you who are listening in Australia, you who are listening in England, uh, and in around the world. Just super thankful that we get to connect in this way, and that uh, that you've decided to let this be part of how you grow to learn more about Jesus and and what he has for you in your life and in your heart. So thank you. Didn't want to continue without saying thank you for your time listening and sharing this together. So last episode, we talked about how Israel's slavery in Egypt is also a metaphor for our slavery to sin and its consequence of death. And we needed a way to get out of sin's grasp and we couldn't do it ourselves. So the sacrificial lamb whose blood was smeared on the doorposts, the two sides and across the top, kind of like a cross. It represents Jesus and his blood giving us a way to escape death. And God leads us out just like Moses led his people. 
Jesus is the only way. Like God's way through the Red Sea was the only way. So now begins the process of following God, right? The metaphors still carry through to us today. When we study Exodus, we need to always be looking for what we can learn about our own life of following God, just like Israel followed God through the wilderness. We have to be willing to admit we're not always faithful, and it's not always pretty. Let's see how long it takes for Israel to forget God's goodness here in Exodus 15 through 18. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to Yahweh and said, I will sing to Yahweh, for he has triumphed gloriously. He's thrown the horse and his rider into the sea. God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. Yahweh is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. He's cast Pharaoh's chariots and his army into the sea. His chosen captains are sunk into the Red Sea. The deeps covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Yahweh, is glorious in power. Your right hand, Yahweh, dashes the enemy in pieces. In the greatness of your excellency, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send out your wrath. It consumes them as a stubble. With the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The floods stood upright as a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. My enemy said, I'll pursue, I'll overtake, I'll divide the plunder. My desire will be satisfied on them. I'll draw my sword, my hand will destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, Yahweh, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You, in your loving kindness, have led the people that you have redeemed. You've guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The peoples have heard, they tremble. Pangs have taken hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom were dismayed. Trembling takes hold of the mighty men of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread falls on them. By the greatness of your arm, they are still as stone. Until your people pass over, Yahweh, until the people you have purchased pass over. You'll bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Yahweh, which you have made for yourself to dwell in, the sanctuary, Lord, which your hands have established. Yahweh will reign forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea, and Yahweh brought back the waters of the sea on them. But the children of Israel walked on dry land in the middle of the sea. Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dances. Miriam answered them, Sing to Yahweh, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown the horse and the rider into the sea. Moses led Israel onward from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they couldn't drink from the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore its name was called Marah. The people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he cried to Yahweh. Yahweh showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. He said, 
if you will diligently listen to Yahweh, your God's voice, and will do that which is right in his eyes, and will pay attention to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I am Yahweh who heals you. They came to Elim, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees. They encamped there by the waters. They took their journey from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness, and the children of Israel said to them, We wish that we had died by Yahweh's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots, when we ate our fill of bread, for you've brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from the sky for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. It shall come to pass on the sixth day, that they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that Yahweh has brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you shall see Yahweh's glory, because he hears your murmurings against Yahweh. Who are we that you murmur against us? Moses said, Now Yahweh will give you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to satisfy you, because Yahweh hears your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And who are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against Yahweh. Moses said to Aaron, Tell all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come close to Yahweh, for he has heard your murmurings. As Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, Yahweh's glory appeared in the cloud. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At evening you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you'll know that I am Yahweh, your God. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around the camp. When the dew that lay had gone, on the surface of the wilderness was a small, round thing, small as the frost on the ground. When the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread which Yahweh has given you to eat. This is the thing which Yahweh has commanded. Gather of it everyone according to his eating. And Omer ahead according to the number of your persons, you shall take it. Give every man for those who are in his tent. The children of Israel did so, and some gathered more, some less. When they measured it with an omer, he who gathered much had nothing over, and he who gathered little had no lack. They each gathered according to his eating. Moses said to them, Let no one leave of it until the morning. Notwithstanding, they didn't listen to Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, so it bred worms and became foul, and Moses was angry with them. They gathered it morning by morning, everyone according to his eating. When the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. He said to them, This is that which Yahweh has spoken. Tomorrow is a solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to Yahweh. Bake that which you want to bake, and boil that which you want to boil, and all that remains over lay up for yourselves to be kept until the morning. 
They laid it up until the morning, as Moses ordered, and it didn't become foul, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to Yahweh. Today you shall not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath. In it there shall be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, and they found none. Yahweh said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Behold, because Yahweh has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Everyone stay in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel called its name manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and its taste was like wafers with honey. Moses said, This is the thing which Yahweh has commanded. Let an omer full of it be kept throughout your generations, that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness, when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna in it, and lay it up before Yahweh to be kept throughout your generations. As Yahweh commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. The children of Israel ate the manna forty years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate the manna until they came to the borders of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is one-tenth of an ephah. Okay, our translation here is not super helpful in us getting an idea of how much an omer is. I did some research for you. It basically means about between one and a half and two kilograms or about three and a half to four pounds of flour or manna or whatever we're talking about. There we go. Did a little research for you. Let's keep going. All the congregation of the children of Israel traveled from the wilderness of Sin, according to Yahweh's commandment, and encamped in Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test Yahweh? The people were thirsty for water there, so the people murmured against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to kill us, our children and our livestock, with thirst? Moses cried to Yahweh, saying, What shall I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. Yahweh said to Moses, Walk on before the people, and take the elders of Israel with you, and take the rod in your hand with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. You shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because the children of Israel quarreled and because they tested Yahweh, saying, Is Yahweh among us or not? Then Amalek came and fought with Israel and Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out to fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with God's rod in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had told him and fought with Amalek, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. When Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. His hands were steady until sunset. Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Yahweh said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the sky. Moses built an altar and called its name Yahweh our banner. He said, 
God has sworn Yahweh will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel his people, how Yahweh had brought Israel out of Egypt. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, received Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her away and her two sons. The name of one son was Gershom, for Moses said, I have lived as a foreigner in a foreign land. The name of the other was Eliezer, for he said, My father's God was my help and delivered me from Pharaoh's sword. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with Moses' sons and his wife to Moses into the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. He said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, have come to you with your wife and her two sons with her. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed and kissed him. They asked each other of their welfare, and they came into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law all that Yahweh had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that had come on them on the way, and how Yahweh had delivered them. Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which Yahweh had done to Israel, and that he had delivered them out of the hands of the Egyptians. Jethro said, Blessed be Yahweh, who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all gods because of the way that they treated people arrogantly. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. On the next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from the morning to the evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that you do for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning to evening? Well, Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, and when they have a matter, they come to me, and I judge between a man and his neighbor, and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. You'll surely wear away, both of you, and this people that's with you, for the thing is too heavy for you. You're not able to perform it yourself alone. Now listen to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God be with you. You represent the people before God and bring the causes to God. You shall teach them the statutes and the laws, and shall show them the way in which they must walk and the work that they must do. Moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men which fear God, men of truth, hating unjust gain, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. Let them judge the people at all times. It shall be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they shall judge themselves. So it shall be easier for you, and they shall share the load with you. If you'll do this thing, and God commands you so, then you'll be able to endure, and all the people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. They judged the people at all times. They brought the hard cases to Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into his own land. When you follow God, the best is always ahead. He's always leading you to a place of growth, freedom, peace, and joy. It doesn't mean it's not in the wilderness. Sometimes we have to learn and develop those things in the discomfort. 
but there should never be a desire to go back to where we came from. God saved us from too much to wish to go back there. Satan always wants you to look back and feel like you're missing something. He inflates the memories of the pleasures and distracts you from the past pains. On the other hand, he tries to exaggerate the pains of the present and minimize the good things to be thankful for today. Have you lost sight of where God is leading you, wishing that you could go back to the way things were? That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.